It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll right get now, through the it. COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We continue again today with our look at the uh, various wards in the city of Flint that are up for election this year. There is a primary coming up August 3rd, and while all nine wards are up for election this year, only six will appear on the um, August uh, primary because the primary is set up to pick the top two candidates and uh, those two candidates move into the general election. When there's not two or more candidates running, the uh, uh, there's no point in having a uh, a primary. So there are six candidates, two or six seats rather, uh, that will appear on the August uh, primary. That's August 3rd, and it's coming up quicker than you think. So we've been uh, getting uh, a look at all of the candidates that are running, and this uh, ward today is Ward 6. Um, and it, uh, I want to make sure I'm that I'm saying this right. Yeah, it is, in fact, Ward 6 today, and that is an open seat. 
Uh, Herb Winfrey decided not to run for re-election, and four candidates are vying for that seat, and we're going to talk to them uh, today during the show, starting with a return visit from Claudia Perkins, or some of you may know her as Claudia Perkins Milton, and she joins me by phone. Good morning, Claudia. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, now, the the last time we spoke, we got a chance to sit down in person. I felt like I got to know you a little bit. Right. And, but this time we're, we're doing it by phone, and I appreciate you taking the time this morning. But let me ask this. With all the, the negative publicity that the Flint City Council gets for running late, meetings into the wee hours of the morning and not meeting deadlines on things that need to be decided why would you why claudia why would you want to run for the flint city council (laughs) (laughs) first of all as you know that i was a union rep at the highest level i uh on the uaw side i i was the uh, highest authority in bargaining so i'm used to a good fight that's number one (laughs) number two just like you forestated, I am sick and tired of what I see downtown. And number three, I, we have to be governed by those people because, as you know, we're governed by a city charter. And people don't understand what that charter is. You have two factions in the charter, and this is the most important piece of legislation that we're governed by uh, in this municipality. You have two sides. And one side is administrative, which would be the mayor. The other side is legislative, which would be the city council. Now, everybody thinks the mayor has uh, all this power to do certain things, but he's an administrator, which means he does the everyday uh, run of the uh, city hall. The legislators determine where the money goes, and then the mayor administrates it. And a lot of people don't understand that. So... um, you know, we do a lot of th- we would do a lot of things on that <clears throat> legislative side to help the residents in the city of Flint. I want to be a part of that. You know, making sure that the people are taken care of. And I am sick and tired of the arguing and fussing and fighting. And I am not, when I'm seated, going to sit up till three and four o'clock in the morning arguing about if you're a racist or if you're. A stupid or whatever. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So then I decided after Mr. Winfrey was going to retire that um, I didn't see any candidates uh, personally that I thought was more qualified than myself. So that's why I decided to run. Well, I, I want to squeeze in a little uh, plug here um, because you mentioned the city charter and it's uh, it's come up several times in conversations with other candidates and I just wanted to let people know that uh, back in 2019 in July I think um, I did a, a special program where I got some people together and we read the city charter mm-hmm. um, Terry Banker, Charles Winfrey, Paul Rosicki and I and uh, I made an edited version of that, took out all the commercials and all that, and I have an audio version of the Flint City Charter available on a three-disc set. If anybody's interested, they can write to me at Facebook or at the website and uh, get in touch with me, and, and I'll see if I can't connect you with a copy if you're interested. Anyway, all right, commercial out of the way. 
Thanks for <laughs> bearing with me on that, uh, Claudia. Um, but let's let's talk about um, two things really before we before we go to break. Um, one is um, is is campaigning a little different now. Uh, one um, running for an open seat. How does that impact it? And what's it like running at the, on the heels of this uh, horrible pandemic that we've been living through? Well. I haven't found a whole lot of difference in my ward, as a lot of people already know me from, as I say, running Delphi. And I've serviced so many families. And so I mask up, <coughs> and then I uh, knock on the door, and uh, I'm well-received. And I, as I went out yesterday, and I said, hi, I'm Claudia. And they said, oh, we already voted for you. We know your work. We follow you on Facebook. So I get a lot of that. And also, when it's a new person, that a lot of people don't even know we're having an election, which is sad. I think that uh, the media should do a better job in informing that we have an upcoming election because when you're in a municipality, this election is more crucial than all the other elections as far as I'm concerned but because it governs us day to day to day. And people don't get it. They think, oh, I just got to vote in the presidential election and, you know, that'll do it. But I haven't had any troubles uh, as far as the pandemic. A lot of people have received their shots, you know, and that. And uh, so life seems to be good. You know, I've been well received. I can't remember if it was Tip O'Neill or Everett Dirksen who said all politics are local. Mm. Well, I don't know about that, but I would say that this one is the most critical to me because anything that that guides and governs and drives me day to day and affects me day to day is one of the most important uh, elections. But but that's really what you're saying. A lot of people pay attention to presidential elections yes. and not the elections that determine the people who decide who's going to pick up their garbage. Exactly. Exactly. You're right. And and so I you know I, I I was just sort of underscoring your your point. Um, mm-hmm. If we could in the in the remaining few minutes, uh, I I, I want to talk about some issues, but I thought we'd wait till after the break for that. <laughs> okay, whatever you want. Because we're going to dig in on those. But but I thought I would give you an opportunity to share with for people who don't know Claudia mm-hmm. um, to. Just express a, a little bit about about your background and what you would be bringing to the table if elected. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm uh, a mother of three, and I raised my children up in this community. My daughter, she went away to college and got her bachelor's and master's, and she teaches in Texas, but's trying to come home because she wants to do what I'm doing, help me fight. <laughs> and my son, he has a turkey parts business, and he um, is doing quite well with that. I um, personally, I went into Delphi, which was AC Spark Plugs originally, and um, I went in politics off of a dare because someone wasn't doing their job right that was representing me. So he, they, he said, "If you think you can do better, you run." So I said, "Oh, I could do couldn't do any worse." So I ran. <laughs> and I, I, I beat him. I beat him actually two to one in his own district, and then I. That was in 1987, and I was elected from 1987 till 2006, 
and I worked my way up from the line to the to become the only black female in the history of the region in the birthplace of the auto industry, and I became the highest position in bargaining for the UAW, <clears throat> and I uh, I served and I took care of families of people, and it didn't <clears throat> with no respect of person. I love everybody, and I and I represented. And so a lot of people know me across the city, this, uh, around the world now, because I've been on World News, Jet Magazine twice. I was in New York Times in August. Um, I have been on boards for the Ombudsman's Office for the YWCA of Flint. I led the breast cancer walks. Uh, with, I partnered with the Red Cross and did that for many years. I was on the <coughs> Children's Miracle Telethon Network on ABC 12. I um, led 10 major strikes, been hit with tear gas on picket lines. <laughs> I led the marches in Washington, D.C. for everything you can imagine. And I, uh, I've been on HBO, PBS, Frontline News, MSNBC, CNN, British Nationwide Broadcast. And I have been with the biggest people that run the country. And all of your big politicians had to come through my office, like Senator Stabenow, Granholm, uh, the cherries, uh, TLDs, all of them, a lot of the judges, because I was at that time commanding 13,000 votes. And by the way, I took care of the last of the sit-down strikers that were alive uh, when I was uh, at AC. So I've done a whole litany of things, and I've been on so many boards because I'm affiliated with organizations such as the Greater Flint A. Philip Randolph Institute, uh, Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, Coalition of Labor Union Women, uh, the uh, Greater Flint Eight, uh, Greater Flint uh, Democracy Defense League, led by Claire McClinton. So I've done a whole lot of work. I didn't just jump up. I've been here all the time, and I do hold the highest award in the UAW. And I've done so much work in this community that my portrait hangs in the Flint Institute of Art Museum. So in a nutshell, that's Claudia Perkins. <laughs> Claudia, do you think politics has, has changed? Um... I, I do. I do, and let me tell you why. <clears throat> because when I was growing up, I, I remember people like Fred Tucker, Tucker Harold Hayden, uh, uh, the attorney that was the head of the council, uh, Carl Bukowski, people like that. They had a lot of integrity. They were smart they uh, stood for something, and this city was at the time booming because of all the shops that were here, <clears throat> and uh, you could reason with them, and it made sense. We didn't have to spend the night on the phone till 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning because the council couldn't make a decision. This is ludicrous to me. And so, yes, I think the politics have really changed. Uh, Cl Claudia, I, I mentioned uh, a moment ago that, that we had a break coming up, and it's it's here. Can you stick around for a few minutes? Cause I, I can, yes, Good, Because yes, I, I want to talk a lot more with you. My guest is Claudia Perkins. She is a candidate for a seat on the city council in the 6th Ward, that primary coming up August 3rd. It is an open seat since... Uh, Herb Winfrey uh, decided not to run for re-election. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions and you know the material and you, and you care about it and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now my conversation with one of the uh, four candidates running for the open seat in the 6th Ward for Flint's City Council, that primary being held August 3rd. And my uh, my my first conversation this morning is uh, with Claudia Perkins Milton. And uh, Claudia, or Claudia Perkins, as, as some people might know her and the way it might appear on the ballot, has joined me by phone. And Claudia, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. That's okay. My pleasure. Um, Claudia, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about how politics has uh, changed in the time you know since you've been involved because you you've been at this for a little while um what can can a single council person really make a difference in the behavior of the their colleagues on a on a group uh, like like a council i think intelligence uh could change people's hearts and minds and i think that uh, well, I'm partnering with different uh, people that are running in different wards. And prayerfully, I think that a, a lot of us have a good shot at changing the narrative. So uh, that being said, I think you'll see a different look after this election. And I think uh, we'll be able to, we're all business-minded people. And we are all wanting to take care of the citizens in the city of Flint. So I think that in and of itself will make a great difference in how this council will want, run going forward. You know, if you look back at the at the history of Flint going, you know, way back, 100 years plus, mm-hmm. it's gone through a lot of big changes. And right. on, se- on several occasions, Flint has become really a comeback city. But for the last several decades, it just seems like, one tough blow after another for the city of Flint, starting with uh, declining jobs and then declining city revenue, emergency managers, the Flint water crisis, then the pandemic. It just it just seems like, uh, you know, uh, bad times come along in the middle of bad times. Right. We've been hit with a lot. What, ha- um, what happens going forward? Uh, you know, can, can Flint... Uh, eventually get to a point where it can get to the next big thing and and be a thriving city again without uh, assistance from state and federal government? I think so. Uh, Like I said, if uh, the right people get seated this time, we have some plans for a lot of things to change. One thing in particular is the land bank. a lot of things we do not like. For instance, a lot of people there have lots right next to their homes are not being allowed to buy them for whatever reason, but a lot of outside entities are being allowed to purchase land. And this gentrification thing, I mean, come on. People are really fed up already. They're trying to be forced out, according to uh, Maurice Davis, by them uh, not being able to pay their taxes. 
and the people wanting the land. You know, um, also, I am sick and tired personally of these uh, apartment buildings going up everywhere. I believe in home ownership because I believe the tax base will be raised back up. I have a plan, too, to reintroduce the uh, dollar houses. I, I was a recipient of one way back when politics were better, and I, I it was like a lottery downtown, and I won a house on Flint Park Boulevard. And uh, I had to bring it up to code, which I did, and I raised families of children, and I helped so many people through that process. And I'm a clean woman, so I kept my house up and everything, and I had good neighbors. So th those kind of things are things that I feel will help bring our tax base back up. Also, because you've got to think outside of the box and be a visionary. Now we're getting this money from President Biden, 47 well, almost $100 million, in two parts. So my I proposed already to the council, why don't you buy X amount of uh, garbage trucks, uh, whatever we can afford, and then with each part of the money that's going to be sent so we can build our um, fleet back up because that way I'm thinking long-term we'll be better off and we won't have to be going through these changes with Rizzo and the other uh, garbage uh, entity and uh, get back to some normalcy. The emergency manager was an atrocity to even send him here. He stopped the due process. He stopped the democracy. He was just a dictator. He sold off everything. He privatized everything, even the Santa Claus that was on the top of City Hall. He sold that. So, you know, um, we voted in Lansing to get rid of the emergency manager, and then in a lame duck setting, they came back and brought it back in, with different wordage. So we've been fighting a lot of things. Now, as far as this water crisis, I spoke in court the other day behind Mayor Weaver, former Mayor Weaver. And I was not going to speak because they had said if we were being represented by anybody, uh, any entity, that we could not speak or we would lose our uh, representation. So I had kind of declined to speak and then I sat there and I guess it was the Holy Spirit that talked to me and so Judge Levy says uh, well I see Claudia Perkins is not here. I said yes I am so I got up and I addressed the court and I said let me tell you something. I said I'm a very intelligent woman I said Miss Greenspan who Judge Levy you appointed to the, the water crisis called me and told me I was to speak at 1.30 however I have a lot at stake here, and I don't want to lose my representation. That's why I'm not going to speak. She said, well, I want to hear you. I said, I don't want to lose my representation. She said, go ahead. You won't. So I, I went at them full force because we have been duped on every turn. Do you know, look at all the schools that have been uh, closed up in the city of Flint. That's one thing. And do you know that our special needs has gone up 56% since the water crisis. And then all this shooting and stuff, that lead has affected a lot of people in a lot of ways. And we already had an issue with them closing up the uh, the uh, places where the uh, mentally challenged were. And remember when they set fire to Halo Burger or uh, one of those buildings over there uh, when they closed it up? It's just a lot. We're dealing with a lot. 
And then on top of that, the pandemic. And I lost many friends to Legionnaires. I have a close friend that had his leg amputated because of it. I I spoke on all these things. Another thing that I spoke on was the fact that uh, the water crisis, uh, we have received a lot of charities and monies from movie stars, very good people, and a lot of our money has been stolen. A a privatized, uh, a private-owned uh, Capitol Theater was remodeled with our water money. The YWCA of Lansing was remodeled with our water money. You know, and then if you pull up the state record, the state record may have line items like $90 million, $70 million, but they don't have any explanation as to where that money went. And as far as I'm concerned, it went in their pockets or their private accounts. These are the things that we need to call them on task about. They've been stealing left and stealing right. And I had an issue with the federal government because they're sending money to the very people that poisoned us to dole our money out piece by piece. So I have a lot of vested interest in all of this. I even had to fight and argue with the GISD, that's the Genesee Intermediate School District, because they had not changed the formula of how the money flowed from uh, the GISD to the Flint school systems. They were doling our kids out in all the tri-areas, and when they couldn't deal with them, they'd send them back, but they would keep the money. So we fought and fought and fought, and they ruled that uh, it was unfair. So I guess they're going to uh, renegotiate uh, how they do the monies. These are the and that had, that had to do with special education, right? That's correct. And I, I, I have been on top of a lot of this stuff because I'm in Democracy Defense League, and any injustice, we fight. We fight to win for the citizens of Flint, and I love Flint. I grew up in the 50s and 60s, so I remember when we had the Flint Amusement Park. I remember when on the north end we had movie theaters, bowling alleys, roller skating rinks, things like that. These kids don't have any outlets. That's why they got guns to play with and be stupid about. So we need to change the narrative. Like I said, there's plenty of us that are running to try and turn some things around and make a positive difference in the city of Flint. You know, Claudia, you were reading my mind when you brought up uh, garbage collection and bringing it in-house because uh, you're not the first council candidate that I've talked to that thinks uh, Flint should be uh, handling garbage collection in-house and and creating those jobs yes union jobs yes good paying union jobs Um, we we can if we could bring it back piece by piece what normalcy looks like being normal once again looks like and 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 looking out for the people some people don't know how to talk up for themselves i've never had that problem (laughs) (laughs) but yes so uh god i please i feel placed people everywhere and I, I feel like this was my calling so here I am but you you, uh, you mentioned the land bank um, mm-hmm. which is a county-wide operation mm-hmm. how, how can the city work with the the land bank in a way that would promote like you said uh, you know neighbors being able to buy blighted property next to them and 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 how, how can the city work with the land bank to bring an end to the the tremendous amount of blight that we see around town well i i uh recently 
have been told by not only my block club president, which I'm an activist in also, uh, but <clears throat> the Democracy Defense League and other entities that I'm affiliated with have reached out to the new director over the uh, land bank. And it's called negotiations. It's called negotiations. If we can straighten out some of the things, because they have a whole list of how you can rent the property or lease it or buy it. And if we can get a handle on that, excuse me, we can turn things around. And so I'm looking forward to working to that end, you know. And I think the legislators and the land bank can come together and negotiate on what's good for the people. It, it needs to be what's good for the people, finally. The people have just been shafted, like like in the water crisis, for instance, you know, I was in court and they were talking about there was a $1,000 cap on homeowners, uh, what they would get. And I thought that was very unfair. Let me tell you why. If that bad water went through your hot water heater, your refrigerator ice maker, your washing machine, if you had to replace all three of those things, it would far exceed just the one one uh, uh a piece of furniture, the the refrigerator, would cost over $1,000. So I think that was ludicrous when there are millions out there to be gotten. You know, and I don't I don't begrudge the lawyers for getting the what they worked for, but I think the people who have been harmed should definitely benefit and not be left out, none of them. And so those are the kind of things I spoke against when I was, you know, speaking in court the other day. And uh, injustice, I told him this is supposed to be a court of law and justice, and you should want to hear the truth no matter where it comes from. That's what I said to Judge Levy, which is why she allowed me to speak. Mm -hmm. Claudia, when you're talking to residents of the Sixth Ward, um, what kinds of things are, are they interested in after they decide that you're not crazy for wanting to run for city <laughs> council? And and are the needs different in the 6th Ward than, say, the se 2nd Ward or the 7th Ward? Some some vary uh, a little bit. A lot, mostly all over the city, they talk about blight. Everybody talks about blight. And uh, I, I, I know, like, there's a, I don't know if you're familiar with, Flint over near University Drive, over by McLaren, uh, down the street. They had a, a apartment building complex called Sunset Village, and it's all boarded up now. Yeah, I lived I there about ten years ago. Okay, so some foreigners came in and bought it, and they didn't pay their water bill. It's over a million dollars right now, so it's been boarded up. But it's a. It looks like oh God, it looks horrible. I mean, and, and, you know, you get these squatters and you get all kind of ill reputes and uh, rodents and everything. You know, it's, 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 it's terrible. And so people are asking, as I go through that area, are asking for it to be uh, uh, demolished or something, something happened to it, either restore it or tear it down. And they can tear it down because they tore down those uh, apartments uh, on Pearson Road. They tore the ones down on Carpenter Road. They tore the ones across the street from the ones that need to be torn down on Ballinger Highway near Court Street. So uh, those two entities need to be really demolished as far as I'm concerned. And I have spoken to the mayor about that. Personally, I have. 
Well, when he served on the city council, that was his ward. Yes, it was. And so um, I was on, last night I was on El Dorado Drive, and those people are begging me, Claudia, we need these cameras hooked up. They've got cameras. They said because they think it's a, a, a speedway down here. And so I called the mayor right while I was standing with them, and I said, look, we need some speed bumps down this road and make them higher so that they could possibly tear their cars up if they come speeding <laughs> down here like a, a clown. And I said, hook these cameras up. I got two spots, one where there's already a camera that's not hooked up, and then I got another place where it is, and he said, well, you all tell Claudia, and then I'll talk with her and we'll, you know, we'll work on it. That's what he told us. He told them in front of me on the phone last night. So those are the kind of things I do personally. Uh, I talked to him about the sunset. I said that grass needs to be cut over there, and you need to think about, you know, demolition over here. And also I talked about the demolition of the other apartments that are broken and burnt out and just hanging on over near Court Street on Ballinger. <coughs> and uh, and the other thing is Club Sunoco. <coughs> There's a Sunoco shop, uh, a store on the corner of Ballinger and Flushing Road. And what happened was I heard from Ann Perrett from ABC 12. She said after investigating, he was allowing rappers to come there, which would draw the younger people there. And it was crowds and crowds of them. And some of the women got to fighting one night, and some people were arrested, according to Sergeant Booth of the Flint PD. And uh, so uh, uh, Chief Green, Terrence Green, he went on the news last week or a few weeks ago, and he said, I was going to padlock this store unless the owner got it together, and that's why the uh, crime went down as far as what I could tell. And uh, so that was another issue for people because they just were afraid to go go in there, you know. What do you think of the all- chief's idea to... Um to at least on a trial basis, use a helicopter to patrol? Well, I would much rather, I would much rather have people boots on the ground. You know, they need to hire, as far as I'm concerned, and put people in the community like we used to have, you know, dedicated to certain areas. And But what I did do now, let me tell you, uh, and I don't think that's a bad idea, but I need more people on the ground. That's where I'm at. Um also, um, that particular store, the uh, cameras were uh, uh, reinstituted in the intelligence center downtown, um, which is going to help. But these kind of people, they just migrate. They move from one place to the other. You know, now they were at Don Donuts, and that was an issue. <clears throat> and they'll migrate when they get on them from there, and they'll go somewhere else. It's just the nature of the beast. But um, Mr. Green... Uh, you know, people are complaining that he needs to have a better presence in certain areas. But uh, I just think we need more police. But I I met with him a couple of weeks ago because we want to in- reinstitute the uh, many police stations in each area. We want to open up four. Uh, I know one is on Bishop Street and one is uh, right on Ballinger Highway. And the one one on the south side and I think the east side also. But uh, I did, and then I did apply to be one of the badge uh, people. 
So <clears throat> I'm trying to get a handle on, you know, a lot of things. Even though I'm not in office, I've always been an activist. Claudia, I um, we've got a, about four minutes left before we go to break, and I always want to make sure that guests have an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your mm-hmm. campaign and your work, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Claudia, do you have a website? Yes, it's Claudia uh, for uh, City Council. You can go to Claudia Perkins for City Council. Um, dot com, and uh, uh, they should be able to pull me up, or they can go to friend, Friends of Claudia Perkins page, and they can pull me up that way also. There are two ways. Uh-huh. Do you think that the, um, that the, the council is going to change dramatically after this election? You know, very often we think that it's going to, and pundits predict that it's going to, and then it just becomes sort of same old, same old. But but you well, seem to think it's it going to be different. It, it won't with me there. But <laughs> I, believe, <laughs> I believe in my heart that we're going to get some new blood there. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, Eric Mays is automatically back because he really didn't have, well, there's one write-in candidate. Uh, I think her name is Tanya Risen. Uh, is running against him, but he's basically already back. And then Eva Worthing uh, is automatically back. And I think Jerry Winfrey Carter might be. I'm not sure. But uh, other than that, um, I think in the second ward where you're going to see someone new, uh, the third ward you'll see someone new. In the sixth ward, definitely you'll see someone new. I intend to be that person. <laughs> and the seventh ward and the eighth wards i believe you're going to see someone new so i think there'll be a major turnover well it's uh certainly going to be interesting uh, it will be interesting and we only have like 14 days left now uh tom yeah it's coming up quick it's coming yes. up real quick now so after this week you got seven days and here we go well claudia it's always uh a delight to talk with you as, as it has <laughs> been you. today, and I appreciate you spending this time with me uh, this My morning. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, Claudia, keep up the good work. Thank you. I, w- I will. You take care, Tom. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Claudia Perkins. She is one of uh, four candidates that's running for the open seat on the uh, Flint City Council from the 6th Ward. That primary, as we just mentioned, is August 3rd, coming up very quickly, just a couple of weeks away. And uh, we're going to talk with um, all four candidates uh, during today's show from the 6th Ward. Tomorrow we'll uh, take a break from the uh, candidate specials. Um, You know, we did... uh, the second and third ward last Thursday and Friday, and, and yesterday was the uh, uh, fourth ward, I believe, and then um, today the sixth ward. Thursday and Friday, we'll do the seventh and eighth wards. Both of those have incumbents in them, and we'll try to have all of the candidates from those two wards as well. Tomorrow, of course, we're going to talk uh, politics with our weekly roundtable armchair politics. Mark Everson, uh, a former high-ranking government official in two presidential administrations, will be 
joining our roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right, for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, and national headlines in politics and current events. So I hope you'll join us for that. But uh, be sure and, and uh, stay tuned uh, today to hear more candidates from the 6th Ward in the uh, race for the Flint City Council primary coming up August 3rd. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. 
The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Here is some more of the rich humor of Brooks Hayes of Arkansas, special assistant to the president. My grandson, a 15-year-old red-headed, wise-cracking high school lad, um, loves to cut me down to size. This grandson was in to see me recently. He saw some books on my desk passed over some that I had produced, only two. I haven't produced them in great volume, but uh, one, and I make this reference, uh, believe me, with some sense of modesty, the first book was one produced for the Baptists. When I was elected president of the convention, they thought they should have a book. (laughs) And then later, the University of North Carolina asked me for a book on the Little Rock story. My uh, father was asked when this book came out, uh, Mr. Hayes, have you read Brooks's last book? He said, I hope so. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the... Um, but uh, this lad uh, didn't comment on those two books. He looked at the third one, which said, How to Get and Keep the Job You Want. He said he was four years late getting that one to you. <laughs> but uh, I've been quite happy in this assignment. Uh, even uh, the uh, proximity to Arthur Schlesinger is enjoyable. The president put me there, I think, so if any hard questions came up, uh, Mr. Schlesinger had me. And, uh, <laughs> someone in a dinner meeting, uh, someone I was with in Washington at a banquet recently, uh, just that, and he said, well, the trouble with uh, you and Arthur Schlesinger is that you're both answering questions nobody's asked, (laughs) Uh, which which I submit was a thoroughly partisan comment. Well, we're at the east end of the White House, and we're easy to reach, and I hope if you're there, you'll come to see us. Uh, Someone said, Mr. Hayes, are you close to Mr. Kennedy? And I said, philosophically and politically and intellectually, yes, very close. I said, physically, uh, I'm over here on the east end. It's like the little lady said when I asked her in Pope County if she had seen Halley's Comet. She said, just from a distance. In this election year, in particular, I have to be careful. There is a difference, you know. I remember one year when one of our colleagues had been through the South, and when he got back, he confronted an Alabama member with uh, this uh, comment. said, Bill, you're in trouble. I've been in your district, and Henry Wilson's announced against you. Well, he said, I'm not surprised. I know that fellow. He's a thief and a crook and a liar. He's the kind of man that would run against me. <laughs> well, he said, I've got more bad news. said, George Johnson's going to announce against you tomorrow. Well, he said he's the same type of individual. He's a thoroughly evil person. He's lucky to be out of the penitentiary. 
And then he said, look, I'm just kidding you. I saw them both. They're for you and sent you their regards. <laughs> and, uh, 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 he, uh, It produced this comment. Well, see what you've made me do. I've said some ugly things about two of the sweetest, finest men I've ever known. Uh, I remembered uh, the experience of 1933. I ran in a special election in that year for a seat in the Congress, the one that I was to win uh, nine years later. But in 1933... The Depression year, and it was a terrible year. This is a rural district, remember. Uh, maybe you suffered, too, from the Depression, but as one of my farmer friends said, Brooks, this Depression wouldn't have been near so bad if it hadn't come along right in the middle of hard times. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, I said that to a Georgia audience not long ago, and the chairman said, well, Mr. Hayes, Arkansas was not alone. Georgia had it, too. I said to he said, uh, I asked a fellow once, do you remember 1933? He said, sure. That's the year I broke my arm. And I said, uh, broke your arm? He said, yes, I was eating my breakfast and I fell out of the persimmon tree. <laughs> so, uh, uh, some of my first lessons, I should say, if you will permit me to enter this delicate area, were in this little church down in Arkansas a little congregation. And in uh, my first lessons, really, in democracy were in that Baptist church. You non-Baptists, forgive me. This is not propaganda. Uh, it just happened to be a Baptist church, and I am a Baptist. I'm almost as bad as Brother Puckett, who opposed the consolidation of our church with the Christian church. He said, I'm a Baptist, and nobody's going to make a Christian out of me. <laughs> And sometimes there'd be differences over whether to buy uh, some, a new organ or not. And sometimes those are interesting discussions. I remember when they wanted to buy a new chand uh, buy a chandelier, not a new one, but because the ladies wanted a chandelier. And the, one of the deacons said, well, now we can't do it. Said if we went to order it, we wouldn't know how to spell it. <laughs> and said... Uh, and, and, and he said, anyway, uh, if we got one, nobody knew how to play it. <laughs> and he said, anyway, I'm telling you, I think all the deacons agree that if we're going to spend any money on anything new, we need a new light fixture. <laughs> This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>